One of the things that I hear so many times over the past seven years is, I want to reach out for help. I know I need help. I know that things are not working well in my life, but I just can't make the move. I can't push the button. I can't reach out. I can't find support. Even though I know it's needed, I know it's available. Heck, I even talked to some people about it. And I totally feel that. I know that feeling of knowing you need help, knowing it's causing problems, but still straddling the fence. We say it's about money or about time or about judgment. What will people think about me? They'll think I'm crazy. If that is where you are right now, I want to talk with you honestly about all the different types of obstacles that we face when we know that we are at that crossroads where we know we need help, but we just don't hit the trigger. We're going to be talking about those obstacles and then we're also going to be talking about how to overcome them because I know for a lot of us right now who are listening, we have been tolerating the intolerable. And when I say tolerating, I'm saying half accept, half reject which is causing us to feel sick and sad and lonely. And it's driving us crazy. If that's where you are, I want to support you. So after this short break, we'll dive into how we can rise above those fears so that we can finally get the help that we deserve. All right, we're going to get to all of that coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions, and I work specifically with business owners who want more out of not just their business, but their lives. And that's really what I'm dedicated to do, having some conversations that most people aren't going to talk about. I know we have this weird thing as, as humans where we are trying to avoid pain at all costs. But in the pursuit of trying to avoid pain, we cause so much frustration, so much confusion, so much anxiety within ourselves because we're trying to second guess our second guesses and we're never really trying to zoom in onto what is the source of what, why we feel anxious, afraid, confused, bewildered, anxious, all those things. I totally get it. And that's the kind of conversations that we're going to be having here on the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. And if this is your very first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. Make sure you hit that follow subscribe button. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, which is usually on Mondays, Wednesdays, or Fridays, you'll be able to listen to it. And if you have been listening to a while and you want to get connected with me, there's a couple of places that you can go. First and foremost, we can get social on social media. You can find me on X Twitter, Denise G. Lee. I'm going to leave links in the show notes below. There, I am very frank, very honest, very vulnerable about the things that I have experienced, not only as a business owner, a wife, a mom, a trauma survivor, someone that's just trying to navigate this thing called life, just like you. And I have honest conversations with so many different people, so many different walks of life, and you'll be able to join in in those conversations on X Twitter. Also, make sure that you visit me on denisegeely.com. That's my hub. That's my source where I write articles. 
you can take one of my one-on-one courses, inquire about working with me directly if that's something that is of interest to you. And you can also be able just to find a, a place where you're not going to be judged or criticized as someone who has just gone through a lot of stuff and is just trying to find a new normal. I didn't say that normal for you would be normal for everybody else. A new and healthier normal for you. Okay. And then also if you're on Spotify, you can uh, write a comment, send me a voicemail, anchor.fm slash Denise Lee. As I mentioned earlier, all those links are going to be in the show notes below. But today I want to talk about this idea about all the reasons why we don't reach out for help even though we know that we need help. And this is especially true for those of you guys who have survived a traumatic incident. And when I say trauma, I don't, I mean, I've talked with a lot of guests on this podcast, doctors, therapists, licensed clinical social workers, and we all agree that life is full of little traumas, little everyday inconveniences that just build up to a lot of stress will lead to burnout and big traumas where we are violently abused verbally, sexually, physically. Like, But for me, when I think about trauma, I'm thinking about this that place and space where all time freezes at that moment and you feel utterly helpless. Your sense of safety and security has been rocked to the core and you're barely holding on to your sense of reality, forget about what's going on around you. And for a lot of us who have survived traumatic incidents, we are in this permanent state of numbness where we don't feel connected to anyone, even ourselves. And and that kind of manifests in depression, anxiety, just to name a few. And because of that, some of you guys aren't really living the life that you're designed to live. And because of the, the violation that comes from trauma, we're not able to get the help that we need. And I'm going to talk about 10 ways, 10 ways, 10 reasons why a lot of us don't get the help. And then I'm going to dig into a little bit more about what that is. And then we're going to talk about how to get out of that. So as you're listening, I want this to be really of an active experience. I don't want you just to be like listening and walking a dog. Well, if you you need to walk the dog, obviously you need to walk the dog. But I want this to be at a moment where you are actively participating in your health and healing. So as I'm listening, as I'm listing everything out, I want you to either write something down if you have a pen and paper or make a mental note. And I want you to think about very specific examples in your life where you're like, oh man, Denise hit the nail on the hammer with this particular thing. This is why. Because for a lot of us, just identification is not enough. We need to move from identification to inspection so that we can finally go to that next level where we want more for ourselves. A lot of us who have been traumatized feel helpless, that that there's nothing can change, that we have to do it alone. But that's coming from a limited mindset. And the, the, way, the reason why we have a limited mindset is because we don't investigate further. So I want to list out all these reasons right now. Stigma, shame and guilt, fear of retaliation, lack of trust, minimization of the trauma, 
cultural barriers, lack of awareness, eight, financial constraints, isolation, that's a biggie, and lastly, 10, difficulty expressing emotions. So I'm gonna dive into each one of them and we're gonna talk about what that really looks like, especially for those of you guys who have felt that nobody gets you, nobody understands you, and that you have to somehow do it by yourself. That's a lie. That's a lie that's keeping you trapped and scared and limited. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just destroy that so that you can finally get the life that you are meant to live. So let's talk about number one, stigma. For a lot of us, we we've been judged and stigmatized for this the idea that we don't we're not tough. That we're that life is supposed to be arduous and so that you just need to have a thicker skin a, sti- a thicker skin about certain things well my grandmother worked two jobs while raising five kids and lived on a farm or my grandfather grandfather never had to deal with mental health issues he just he just grinned and bared just knew that life was about the challenge and if you have had that those kind of messages which are really fear-based messages of being vulnerable there's a huge stigma amongst your friends, your family, your culture at large that we just don't do that because all of our family have barely survived their own trauma and so should you. So when you really think about it, those people, your grandmother, your uncle, your cousin, Jimmy, whoever, who had to go through that and never sought for help, were they really healthy? Were they really healthy? Just because it was not normalized didn't make it right. Now let's move into shame and guilt. Another common barrier for people who don't receive help. Shame and guilt. If you've gone through trauma, there's a lot of feelings about believing that you were somehow responsible to what happened to you. And what does that look like? Well, if I would have known that that teacher was looked always looked really suspiciously at certain kids, I would have avoided him. Or the guilt of maybe I should have been at the certain places then I didn't have to experience certain things or maybe if I had enough smarts and when we experience shame shame is this idea that we are just bad as a person and guilt is I if I couldn't done something differently and those areas of not feeling worthy enough or not feeling as if you could have done something better keep us limited because it keeps us in a false identity, for first of all, of who we are, we're not worthless people. But for a lot of us who have felt deep shame, felt worthless because why in the world would you be violated if you didn't feel as if nobody, you weren't valued as a human being? Our guilt, oh, I wish I could hit the time machine button and go back and I would have done better. I, I would have known better. Look, here's the thing. Everybody is doing the best that they can given the the knowledge they have, and the emotional capacity they have at the time. But that doesn't feel that way when we feel scared and afraid. And for a lot of us who have been traumatized, we just somehow think that nobody gets us because, no, again, it goes back to the stigma. Nobody's sharing it. And if nobody's sharing it, it must be all me. And that's not true. The fact that you are listening to this podcast tells me that there's a part of you right now that desires more for yourself. 
And the guilt that you're feeling are just lies about your capacity to learn and grow. Okay, I I hope you understand that. If you need to hit the rewind and listen to that a few times, please do so. All right, let's talk about fear of retaliation. We talked about stigma, talked about shame and guilt. For a lot of us who've been violated, physically, verbally, sexually, whatever, there's a fear that the perpetrator will get at us, will do something worse because of that. And I've I've heard of that. I've 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 heard of it of cases. I'm talking with clients over the years of when a when they were a child and they alerted a teacher or a loved one about something that was going on they were punished even more by their abuser to kind of keep them in place and if you've been punished repeatedly for things that were meant to try to keep you safe over and over and over as a kid you kind of think that even as adult those same rules apply and that's why we have whistleblowers um rules and stuff like that for in in the workplace because a lot of people feel afraid that they'll get at them. Because think about it. A mentally unstable person does not respect the right that other people want to feel safe. Okay. So they're going to try to punish and demean and be antagonistic on their desire to keep safe. And so if you have been faced retaliation, if you have ever faced retaliation for sound the alarm about abuse, that is legit. And I'm not even going to sit here and say that if you are in a situation right now where somebody can hurt you based on you reporting some something, I would just definitely say right now, if you can, to please leave, leave. And I know that sounds so scary for some of you guys who are living with an abuser or or you're working in a terrible place. And I and right now I'm kind of pausing and thinking about when I was in an abusive workplace situation, I I remember thinking to myself, I have to stay for the health insurance to pay for the mental health and the physical health that to endure the abuse. And when you think about it, it's kind of circular. It's like, okay, I'm staying at a job to afford mental health services because to endure the abuse. And I'm pausing and I'm thinking about it. It seems lunacy. But in, the, in my mind, it seemed like it made a lot of sense. You just endure and eventually you'll get out. Actually, what happens, you get so beaten down into submission and you become a shell of a person. You don't think there's any way out but just to stay. That's the thing that happens to us when we have that sense of hopelessness. We just find more rationale to endure and endure and endure. And the fear of being being put in a worse situation reinforces it. And I want to let you know that there are other ways for you to live other than the sense and the, and the heightened state of anxiety and fear. We don't, we don't have to do that anymore. Okay. And my course, amazing add to, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes below goes into the ways of how we can shift our mindset from that. But anyway, let's move on to the next big issue that causes people to not reach out is a lack of trust. And I mean, this, that, that's an episode within itself. If you grew up in an environment where the people who were supposed to keep you safe, supposed to protect you from harm are the ones who are harming you, 
why in the world would you think that you could find safety out in the world with people who don't know you? That the people who do know you are causing you to feel scared and afraid and lonely. And that's a huge reason why a lot of us never really reach out for help because all of our experience is with emotionally disabled people who constantly violated us. And then on top of that, we don't have a frame of a reference of what healthy people looks like. And I was talking with a, a client about this the other day where a, this is a common experience that a lot of us have had so many terrible experiences with therapists because we we put our trust into people that seem seemingly, seemingly have all their credentials, have all the expertise, right? But they're really more interested in getting their copay payments from us. They're really more interested in showing how many followers they have on social media or how many books they've written or how many people know notice them or how many interviews that they have. Can you relate? Have you ever sought help from somebody who was fame and money hungry and you just felt like a number, a notch on their belt? And so this lack of trust goes deep because we were so used to being around predators when we were sick. Even when we're trying to get well, we find ourselves attracted to predators because we haven't learned the skills yet to keep ourselves safe, to be aware about the intentions of other people and to see whether or not the places that we're going are actually helping us. I This is a moment where I, I'm going to be transparent and share. I've had many, many experiences where I was seemingly trying to go for experts for health, specifically mental health experts. And I felt like I was being gaslit about my feelings, my pain, what was going on, because it was inconvenient to their own agenda, their own idea of what healing was. And that maybe that be be, be the case for you. Maybe you've had a a lot of therapists that you've worked through, through that have really violated your trust or perhaps that you thought they cared about you, but not so much. And so that's real. I don't want to minimize that or kind of sweep it on the rug. That's real. All right. So we talked about stigma, shame and guilt, fear of retaliation, lack of trust. Let's talk about the minimization of the trauma. Ooh. For a lot of us who have been traumatized, we still have to get on with the business of life. We still have to go to school, run our business, take care of our kids, pay bills, all this stuff. And because, or, and also the overwhelmingness of, overwhelmingness, is that a word? The overwhelm of the emotions that come from the trauma, we just can't deal with it because we lack either the tools or the support. So we just try to push it down. Make sure, not make a big deal about that. I was listening to a a trauma survivor tell his story about how when he was a kid, his dad in drunken rages would throw objects at him and his sister and that his sister and him played a little game and see how many times we could avoid being hit or smacked that week by dad and the person who had the lowest score went and I remember him telling me that he told a a bunch of people and the blank looks on their faces like what 
Like, I can't believe you had to go through that. But he minimized it so much, he thought it was funny. He laughed. He thought it was a fun joke to share with people. It was a fun story to tell with people, rather. And that's what happens when we have been traumatized. We try to make light of a terrible, horrible thing. And because we, we make light of it, we don't think too much about it. Well, at least we don't try to think too much about it. We numb ourselves even further. Let's talk about number six, cultural barriers. This is this is specific towards, I, I want to say specific towards non-white cultures. But when I think about it now, and honestly, given the work that I've done over the past seven years, I realize this is all cultures. All cultures want to downplay things. Think about Irish people, the potato famine. I think about Chinese people, the cultural revolution. I think about uh, in various countries in South America with various uh, uh, overhauls in the political system, socialism. Like every culture has gone through something. This is not just a white thing or a black thing or an Asian thing or a Latino thing or an Indian thing or every culture has gone through something. And because nobody wants to air out their dirty laundry, nobody wants to seem weaker than, because we all want to show us if we're, we're brave and strong because we don't want to show our soft underbelly to anybody and risk being damaged further. The culture says we keep our mouth shut. We don't tell anybody anything. We handle our business in our family, in our culture. And that actually leads into the next thing is the lack of awareness. Because nobody's sharing their feelings. Nobody's sharing the experiences of what trauma looks like. Nobody's aware that they were traumatized. Nobody was aware that anything even happened. Because nothing is shared. Grandma never shared about her abortion to mom who struggled sexually, who would ended up being a prudish person who caused her daughter to feel uncomfortable with her own sexuality and made her more susceptible to promiscuity. And she had an abortion herself. You see how these things go in chain reactions because nobody's talking about it. And because nobody's talking about it, we're also unaware of our resources, specifically financial resources, emotional resources. A lot of people don't want to seek help because we don't believe that anything's available to us at that free or affordable or anything because all we know about are the, the the most famous people who charge the most money and we think oh my goodness I can't be reach Tony Robbins or I can't reach Mel Robbins or all these other people I can't reach out any of these people because they're they're only accessible to the rich people but we forget about all the other resources available because we're, as human beings, we're only looking at the most famous or the most popular, or the most successful. And we don't reach out and see what other possibilities are out there. And then further, let's bring into the next item is isolation. We talk about lack of awareness, lack of resources, isolation. And you just isolate because of that deep lack of trust, that deep lack of feeling as if nobody gets you. Nobody will. And so why bother? And I know I've been guilty of this. There is a sense of conceitedness and pompousness by some certain people who are supposed to be helping, but really they're 
are deeply ashamed of their own issues. So they puff up themselves up in order to make other people feel bad. And that further deepens the feeling of isolation because everybody has problems, myself included. Everybody has issues. But because nobody wants to talk about it, because no one wants to look less than, nothing ever gets put to the surface. No connections are really being built. And this further deepens the wounds from the trauma, the further makes it harder and harder for so many of us to finally get well. And the last thing that I want to talk about is the difficulty expressing emotions. I've mentioned this in other podcast episodes, but when we are in a state of trauma where we are, our body is flooded with stress hormones, we lack the ability to access our ability to do higher levels of communication, higher levels of thought. And so many of us don't know how to articulate our feelings because of that because of all those stress hormones flooding our system, we may feel it challenging to say the words because we don't, the, the words, we don't know how to do it. There's a wonderful book by Brene Brown called Atlas of the Heart. And it is literally an encyclopedia of all different types of common words, common, sorry, common feelings. And the reason why the book is so important is because if we don't know how to name it correctly, we can't heal it correctly. And for a lot of us, we don't have the vocabulary in place to really identify what we're feeling, why we're feeling and how it impacts us and the all, and all the people around us. See, we somehow believe that somehow our feelings are just in, contained with ourselves, but we are spiritual beings that are c- vibing off and connecting with all sorts of people. And even if we don't think as if, what we're doing is not noticeable, people can pick up on that energy. And if we don't know how to express ourselves, we make false conclusions based on limited and incomplete information. And so this whole idea of stigma, shame and guilt, fear, retaliation, lack of guilt, minimization of trauma, cultural barriers, lack of awareness, uh, financial constraints or limited resources, isolation and difficulty expressing emotion, that all those things prevent us from really getting the help that we deserve. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, this is your altar call right now to go and just get help. You know, call me. I mean, obviously I want you to call me if you want to help my help. But <laughs> what I'm saying is that I want you to understand that I get those obstacles. I get them. And for many, many years, I stayed isolated. Many, many years, I was suspicious and negative and not feeling as if nobody can get me, not feeling it was accessible to me, that there was barriers, that only certain people could get well and I wasn't, or everybody was well except me. Forget about certain people get well. I thought everybody else was doing life better than me because nobody was sharing their own pain because I was unsafe myself and I was attracted to unsafe people. Just being honest, when you're in a state of trauma, there's a level of unsafety within us because we don't have the skills, the vocabulary, and the tools to get well. 
And so how do we attract safe people so that we can finally feel safe within ourselves and finally start getting well? Well, the first thing I want you to do, the very, very first thing I want you to do is I want you to understand what you're going through right now and how it's hurting you. For a lot of us, we know that there's something going on, but we don't see it in terms of how we're raising our kids, how we're dealing with our stress levels, how we're coping with the stressors that come with life. We don't know. We don't write it down. I really want you to start connecting the dots. And then I want you to ask yourself, if I don't go anywhere, if I just stay stuck in this, what's the end result? When I think about my sex addiction, I remember talking with my sponsor about it. And if I did not get help, I would be dead. I would have AIDS. I would I would be some kind of prostitute. What would happen right now if you don't get the help that you deserve? You just kind of continue as is. Because for a lot of us, we just think that time freezes still. And then when we were traumatized, time did freeze still. But I'm telling you right now, time is still marching on. Do you want to wake up? being where you are right now, 10, 15, 20 years from now, if you're lucky and weren't like me and dealing with a substance as well as a a, a lust addiction issue. Because I think for a lot of us, we just somehow think that if we just kind of bury our heads in the sand long enough, like something's going to happen. Like magically, like our problems would go away. People would move away. And maybe sometimes they will. But the fear and the anxiety still stays within us. And then I also want you to think about what is your better life really look like? Because for a lot of us, we're just so stuck in just trying to survive what we've gone through. We never think about what's thriving look like. What does it really look like to finally have a life that's not filled with anxiety and worry and trying to control people or trying to control our anxiety constantly or feeling or constantly ruminating through different things or we're indecisive. What does it look like to finally feel secure in ourselves? Even though we understand that we're not perfect. What does that look like for you? If no one's challenging you to think about that, I'm challenging you right now to think about what that really looks like. Okay. Well, I know I talked about a whole bunch of stuff. And as you're listening to this, I want you to understand, I'm not putting a timeline on you. You have to decide for yourself when and how and where you get the help that you deserve. Denise Lee is not forcing you to do anything. Denise is only trying to help you decide for you what looks best for you. And you take the information and you... Process it however, if it feels appropriate for you, okay? Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I enjoy our conversations. Please, if you've been enjoying these podcast episodes, make sure you connect with me on socials. If you haven't done so already, if you're the first time listener, again, hit that follow subscribe button and uh, inquire about working with me if that's something that interests you on denisechili.com. Well, that being said, you decide for you how you want to live your life. And just keep believing that you deserve it. Well, until next time, take care and be awesome.